Welcome to Getaway Car, the podcast hosted by two sisters discussing all the amazing places we've been lucky enough to travel. I'm Beanie. And I'm Katie. And I'm Josh. Join us each week as we break down each stop on the road trips we've taken. We'll tell you about all our favorite places, funny stories, mistakes we made, and everything that happens on one of our road trips. We'll make recommendations and ask for yours. Join us in the Getaway Car. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Getaway Car. Yo. We're embarking on our next chapter of travels. If you'll recall, we left off at our Airbnb in Glen Allen. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're embarking on our plans for the day. This day went very differently from how I thought it was going to go. Yeah, I feel like you should tell us what you had planned for the day, and then we'll go back and talk about what we actually ended up doing. Yeah, so my original plan for the day was to drive from Glen Allen to Copper Center, which is close by there from Hopper Center and book helicopter rides. These helicopters fly over Wrangell St. Elias National Park, which is, I think, the biggest national park in Alaska. And so you get like a helicopter tour of the park and then you actually land in um, Kennecott slash McCarthy. Kennecott being an abandoned ghost town that was home to a copper mine and McCarthy being like the sister settlement nearby that is still active but very very small Mm -hmm. so I was like oh we can do that we'll fly over the park we'll get to see the park we'll go to Kennecott we'll get to see the ghost town like we've always wanted to see like a real legit ghost town we love ghost towns we love Um, helicopters and then you know they have this thing where you can tour one of the abandoned copper mines and actually go down in the mine and, and I was like that sounds really cool yeah so that was my plan. I hadn't booked any of it because, you know, they said to book, like, as you get closer because the weather can be unpredictable with the mm-hmm. flights and everything. So we're getting ready to book this. We had a discussion about what the day would entail. Uh, something I did not take into account when I was planning this day. Uh, Marv doesn't do helicopters. No. At all. Hard pass on helicopters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I had not counted on. All I knew was that he had been in a helicopter before, and therefore I figured he'd be fine. Right. <laughs> um, but that's not the case. Nope. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, well, that kind of puts a wrench in our plans. And then also the other thing that I didn't consider is one of our party has an old knee injury, and the mine tour involves a lot of climbing very, very steep stairs mm-hmm. up and down. But with both of those factors taken into consideration, it became very clearly apparent that plan this for plan the day, was not going to work for the day. <laughs> exactly. It was just not ideal for the people that we were with. Yeah. So we needed to restructure a little bit. But thankfully, Katie just, you know, pivoted hard and figured it out. Yeah. So thankfully. Katie's a genius. Of, <laughs> I was going to say, thankfully, there are a lot of cool things to do in Alaska, even <laughs> if you can't take a helicopter into an abandoned mining town. <laughs> So we ended up deciding that we were going to drive down to Valdez. Um, it is pronounced Valdez. We did double check because we kept calling it Valdez. And yeah, and that's we how they know you're not from there. If you say Valdez, they're all like, oh, it's so Valdez. you're a tourist. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up deciding that we were going to drive down to Valdez, so south of Glen Allen, where we were staying, and book a wildlife cruise. We found this company, Dan Stevens Glacier and Wildlife Cruises, mm-hmm. out of Valdez. And so we booked this tour for the four of us, not really knowing what to expect. Like, typically you hear wildlife cruises and you're like, oh, you might see one or two, like, cool things. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it depends on where you take them, but most wildlife cruises are like, you might see wildlife, you might not. Yeah. It's a roll of the dice. Yeah. So we were like, well, we'll try it, you know. See what happens. Nobody has any issues with boats. So we were like, all right, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. So we start driving down to Valdez. We didn't realize to drive from Glen Allen to Valdez, you have to drive through Thompson Pass. I guess it's like a big thing for like skiing and winter sports and stuff. Yeah. It is the snowiest place in the United States. It's an average of 500 inches of snow per year. Elevation of 2,600 feet. Wow. Oh. <laughs> it's a 2,600 foot high gap in the Chuga Mountains. We're driving through and we're pretty normal weather, like sunny, pretty comfortable temperature. And then all of a sudden 
it's like we got transported to another world. Yeah, it was like the apocalypse all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it was actually snowing when we went through, but it was so windy that it was, and there was so much snow around us that it was blowing so hard. Yeah. We couldn't even see through the windshield. We had to slow down to a crawl. Yeah, it got like almost whiteout conditions and it got pretty dark at various points. So it was yeah. very strange. Yeah, so it kind of felt like we were on like another planet or something. There's like yeah. no landmarks other than snow and mountains. Yeah. And more snow and more mountains. And like the mountains are covered in snow, so you can't even really tell that they're mountains other than the fact that you know that they're mountains. Right. <laughs> well, and there was also, when we got to the, I guess the top you would call it, there was, you know, off to the one side, there was a little, I wanted to say a town, but not really. Yeah. So also Thompson Pass uh, had the most ever re- the most snow ever recorded in one season at 974 inches. It also it holds a record for the most snow in a single day at 62 inches. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people who love snow would think that's great. I don't I, think they 62 would. 62 inches, though? That's more in than five day. feet of snow. Yeah, in, in one day. day. Absolutely not. Crazy. It's beautiful. You should visit. I wouldn't live there. It was oh, really, it was really cool. surreal. And it, it felt like we got to the top of it. And, and everywhere in Alaska up to this point, you could look around you and there's places of higher elevation. And where we were, it seemed like you were at the top of Alaska almost. Like, from, yeah. you know, it, it felt so weird. And then, you know, on the one side you had the little town. And then on the other side, you had a pretty steep drop off and there were some nothing. overlooks. Yeah. Into like a valley. Um, and they even had a little outlook, like an overlook built there. I remember it was a steel grate you could kind of go out on and look down. Yeah. And it, it kind of swept off and you could see, you know, rivers or I guess ice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, rivers. I mean, it was just surreal. Felt feeling like you were on top of it all. Yeah. Then, it felt very otherworldly up there. Yeah. So much different from what we'd seen that far in Alaska. Yeah. And, sure. you know, everything's covered in snow. I mean, we'd seen snow everywhere we went, but there it was, you know. There was nothing but snow. Yeah. 500, an average of 500 inches of accumulation is not going to melt <laughs> ever. Yeah, plus like, it was blowing around everywhere, so it right. felt like you were just surrounded by snow on every side. It felt like hoth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really did, yeah. So we couldn't stay outside the car for very long because it was obviously freezing and miserable and, you know. And we didn't have a tauntaun. Beautiful. It wasn't miserable. Uh, it was, well, I guess miserable. If you were terms, outside of the yeah. car for more than a It was minutes, chilly. Yeah. <laughs> Quite cold. But, like, we, we had to stop and, like, get out and take pictures and, like, we had very few pictures because everything was blowing around yeah, so much you couldn't see anything. <laughs> So we got back in the car and we continued. And then, like, it was like we drove out of it. And then all of a sudden it was back to, like, normal weather. Yeah. Like, just yeah. fine. Like, and, like, like fast it never happened. you were like, did, did that happen? Did right. We did, we, that? did we dream that? Yeah. Very cool. So, so this was... was a trail established for the Klondike Gold Rush miners to use. Oh. Makes sense. There you go. So we drove through there. That was really cool. It was kind of an unexpected, like, bonus stop for us. Yeah. Um, and then once we were through there, we headed towards Valdez. We have a little blurb about Valdez from the Alaska Activity Guide that we picked up while we were there. The moniker Switzerland of Alaska couldn't be more appropriate for Valdez. The lush green snow-capped Chugach Mountains and shimmering water do bring Europe to mind. But Valdez boasts even more, a mix of tidewater glaciers, rainforests, and mountains situated at the head of a deep still water fjord on Prince William Sound. As one of the original routes to the interior of the country, the town steeped in history. But the area shines in ex- exceptional national treasures and outdoor recreational opportunities. Mountains rise up 4,000 feet up, salmon gather by the millions, glaciers tower over the endless sound, and wildlife play on the town's doorstop. All of this comes together to create an unforgettable visit. They're not wrong, right? It's an unforgettable visit, for sure. So we got to Valdez. We knew we wanted, we were going on the cruise. We had a little bit of time to kill before 
we got on the boat though. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we went to a little coffee shop like right around the corner from there. Yep, I'm pretty sure I got what Mexican hot chocolate. Oh yeah, I forgot about Mexican mocha or something. Yeah, mocha Uh, sounds like me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the coffee shop was called Latte Da, which I thought was cute. Or Latte Da, Latte Da. Latte Da, yeah. We love a pun. Um, You love a pun. So we just went there and hung out for a few minutes until like the boarding opened up for our cruise, and then we walked back over to the pier and and then we befriended this adorable older couple. They were sitting in the lobby and we we're sitting right next to them. We were all waiting to get on this boat. And so we started, we struck up a conversation with them. And we were chatting and this couple bought an RV after they both retired and they were just spending their retirement living in this RV and driving around all over the place. Yeah. And I was like, this is exactly what I want my life to be when I'm older. Right. Like, it's what I want my life to be now, but I have to wait until I'm retired to do yeah. that, I guess. But yeah, I guess they started in Utah. They drove up through like Seattle and then had come up the coast of Canada and Alaska Yeah, until they got to where we were. Which just sounded incredible. So we were just sort of like trading travel stories and recommendations and all kinds of stuff. They were great. Mm-hmm. And then we got on the boat. We were introduced to the captain, whose name was Chris, and then I guess the owner of either the boat or the owner of the franchise. Her name was Mary Helen. Yeah, so we met her and then the rest of the crew, and then we set off on this adventure. All right, props to the crew, too, because they were awesome. I mean, they really had a lot of great great people there. Yeah. Very friendly, very informative, and it just seemed like it was a a good family business. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. They all seemed to know exactly what they were doing. They knew all kinds of stuff about the animals and the glaciers and everything. It was very cool. They knew how to steer the boat. That was cool. (laughs) That's very important. They knew what they knew about anchors. <laughs> Life jackets. <laughs> yep. So we left at 11 o'clock in the morning and it was booked until 5 o'clock at night. And so when we got on, we were like, I mean, that's kind of a long day. Like, I don't, we might be bored by the end. Mm. No. And oh my God. What an incredible Amazing. trip. I actually did not remember that it went from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. until we looked back at this. Because if you'd asked me, I would have been like, it was a couple hours. It went by so fast. We saw so much stuff. I would never have guessed that it was that long. Yeah. Yeah. So we get on the ship and so they have this like interior (laughs) restaurant area where they have like tables and booths and everything. And so everyone kind of sat in their designated booth for the initial announcements and then they get underway. And then you have like pretty much free reign of the ship. You can go out on any of the decks, the balconies, you can go upstairs, downstairs, you can hang out in like the dining area. Yeah. And people just Um, wander the whole time. They'll point stuff out on like off to whichever side of the boat that they see different wildlife or whatever. And so people kind of like wander around take pictures it's very cool yeah oh you can rent binoculars that was a thing oh yeah Yeah. and we definitely had a point where we were trying to take pictures of wildlife and we were holding the phone up to the binoculars and taking pictures through the binoculars oh yeah uh and it actually worked pretty well it does work yeah Yeah. hey you got to do what you got to do to get the picture right which we have a ton of oh my god we have got hundreds of pictures from this cruise because we saw so many things so many this is the elite wildlife cruise to top all wildlife cruises in probably the entire world yeah they give you a packet with all the things you might see and i think we genuinely were like oh we'll see a few of these maybe do you want to tell them how many different things we saw just the ones that we listed in the road trip journal we saw seals we saw a a million kinds of birds we saw otters sea lions porpoises mountain goats bald eagles we saw a humpback whale yeah and we're missing stuff oh yeah there's more we saw these things multiple times. Yeah, it's, it's not, not just like, like something one... off in the distance. Or, right. Yeah. Or like, oh, that smudge on the horizon might be a whale. Like, no, we actually saw these things close enough to be able to say identifiably, like, that is that thing. Oh, yeah. close and personal. And take pictures. The yes. mountain goat surprised me. I didn't know yeah. that there were mountain goats in Alaska. The yeah, mountain goat was, was so really cool. cool. The first thing we saw, just started to mention, was the Valdez pipe, like the Valdez pipeline. The, pi- the terminal ends, the pipeline ends in, yeah. at Valdez. So you've got the Valdez terminal there. Mm-hmm. And that's where they had that oil spill back in 1989. Yeah. Uh, so that's, and you pass and you see all of that terminal. 
uh, in Prince William Sound. That's it's the second largest oil spill in the U.S. in U.S. history after the Deepwater Horizon spill in 2010. Forty-one thousand cubic meters of oil spilled. Oh, that's wild. They even have a, a thing about it in the pamphlet um, on, on that they gave us for the cruise. Oh yeah. About the 1989 oil spill. So it says. To answer all questions related to the oil spill and cleanup, we can say the beauty of the sound, its wilderness quality with the glaciers, high mountains, lush forests, thousands of bays and many islands is almost back to normal, including the quality of the water. The tours do not go into areas that were affected by the oil spill. It's crazy that it was oh. so many years ago and they're saying it's almost back to normal. In areas that are pro- that? That's crazy. In areas that are protected from the sea action, oil still oil still exists and the recovery process continues. And this was, yeah, what, almost years before. Years wow. Well, and like, like you said earlier, the, the crew was really good about, like, announcing over the PA system, like, oh, coming up off the, you know, right-hand side of the ship, you'll, you're going to see a mountain goal. Like, you know, they were really right. good about, like, pointing out where things were going to be or where people had spotted things. And so you could, like, rush over to that side of the boat and make sure you got Yeah, they gave picture. you enough time to, like, walk over and get a picture of it, too. They were really good about, like, slowing the boat down, like, if they were, if we were going by something that they knew everyone would want pictures of and, like, yep. you know, trying to get the boat a little closer. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were really, really, like, responsive to, you know, what we were all hoping for. Which is great. Like you said, it was it was six hours, but it felt like two. It went by so fast. Everything yeah. we saw was just gorgeous. They did serve us lunch. Does anyone want to tell them what we had for lunch that day? Oh God, lunch. Josh, was you want to take this so one? weird. What was it? It was a bagel, mm-hmm. an untoasted bagel. untoasted bagel, <laughs> cream cheese. Um, which, come on, has it ever stopped you from eating a bagel before? No, of course no, not. No, but it's just um, kind of odd a pack thing to of, serve. A six-pack of Oreos mm-hmm. and... New England, England clam chowder. Right, I do remember that. New England clam chowder, which was, I remember, passable. It was, yeah, it was fine. It was hilarious. It was we, were just, we came all the way from New England to Alaska, and they gave us New England clam chowder. Right. It was just very funny and to you us. know New Englanders get very, you know judgy about other you know about, well, about clean nobody chowder. makes it like we do but it, it was, was just, good it was just a very odd combination <laughs> of things and they served it together as if it was like this cohesive meal it wasn't right. like it was all know, on one it plate wasn't like a buffet where you could like kind of pick and choose what you wanted it was like here's your bagel and your chowder and your oreos yes <laughs> presented together on the same plate yeah we ate it it was good it was just all very right. strange yeah yeah it was very odd it must um, just be the easiest thing to transport, like a huge quantity of soup that they can dole out and then like prepackage. I just guess. Yeah. I don't know. We weren't there for the food, so. Right. No, we, no, it was just we very funny. We'll have to post a picture of the plate because it's just hilarious. We weren't expecting a five-star dining experience. No. Yeah. yeah no. Don't, don't go if you're going for the food. You will be disappointed. But yeah. if you're going for anything else. Bring snacks if you like. You'll see all kinds of animals all day and it will be absolutely worth it. They yeah. confiscate snacks. You're only allowed to eat bagels and, <laughs> and chowder <laughs> and Oreos. If you're spotted with something else, you're kicked off the boat. They'll just throw you, throw you overboard. You the water with the otters. <laughs> that was one of the like we saw otters, like huge groups of otters just holding hands, floating in the water yes. as yeah. they like float on by the boat, and they Hanging just kind of look at you like, "Hey, yeah. what's up?" Yeah, chilling on their backs, just whatever. Yeah, none of huge the animals really care that otters. we were there. <laughs> Those otters are not small. Yeah, they're big. Those otters are five feet and one up to one hundred pounds. Five feet? Are yeah. you serious? Five feet. Yeah, they can grow big. up to five feet. I wasn't sure this was false facts with Josh. That's crazy. Sea otters, yeah, sea otters get huge. Apparently, that's wow. our f- males, eighty to one hundred pounds. Females, fifty to seventy. Those are big right. otters. And then, like we saw, hundreds of sea lions. Had to be oh, hundreds, yeah. hundreds easily. Uh, and sea lions like, are huge. They're gigantic. They're and they're loud. They're so loud. They're screaming all the time. Oh, God. They're like, stellar you... sea lions, is what these ones were called. Yeah. I have a fantastic picture of one of the sea lions literally just screaming while all of the <laughs> ones around it appear to be sleeping. Yeah. His mouth is wide open. That they make like it sounded like almost white noise because there was so much like you could hear them from a distance though. Yes. And we pulled up on like a an, an island and it was, it was brown. It was brown as we came up to him. Like oh, that's a brown island. And we get close to it. No, those are, those are the sea lions. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're just, just swarms of them. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah. like packed, like elbow to elbow. The whole surface of this island was just covered in Just sealant. screeching. Yeah. yeah. But to your point, though, when we were further away, it, there it's like constant. So it does sound like a hum in the distance. Right. And then only when you get closer do you realize it's all the sea lions yelling at each other. Yeah. You can't really... So take a guess how big those things can get. How long? Take a guess? Yep. 15 feet. You over 11 feet. Oh, I was like, I'm I just going to go say, really big. Just yeah, get the, crazy. The pamphlet from the 11 cruise, the cruise materials say that the large males average 1,200 pounds and females up to 650 pounds. So oh these are big. Oh, God. <laughs> We talked about the mountain goats. We saw harbor seals. We saw porpoises. Mm-hmm. Also, the mountain goat was on the side of like a pretty sheer cliff. Here, yeah, it looks like... like he's basically standing on a vertical surface. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And just like standing there like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this is just is, what I do. This right. is my life. This is Can't my day. Can't everyone do this? Yeah. Just cool. showing oh, off. You can only walk on horizontal surfaces? How limiting. Weird. <laughs> right? huh. How limiting, you two-foot fuckers. <laughs> just taunting us. So, yeah. We saw multiple bald eagles. Huge yeah. bald eagles, like right up next to the boat. Crazy. The Just sea things lines. that you never expect to see in your day-to-day life, like in the continental U.S., and then all of a sudden you're in this place and they're just everywhere. hanging out everywhere. Yeah. Like it's no big deal. And you're like, what is happening? Yeah. Absolutely sea lions no on... regrets about this cruise. None whatsoever. It was incredible. Sea lions were on everything. Yeah. Just like sw- <laughs> and there's a surface, they're on it. Wasn't they, weren't they on a boat too? Like they were on boats and otters were on boats. We passed some boats um, on the there way was out. A, a, Oh yeah. Definitely some buoys and stuff that they were they had, like chilling on. Yep. And then at one point, like at the at like kind of the midpoint of the cruise, you actually enter this fjord that used to be completely blocked up with ice and glaciers. I guess the captain was explaining that so each year as more and more of these glaciers and the ice have melted, they're able to take the cruise further and further into this fjord. And so yeah. they took us all the way down and then at the end it's just this mass of glacial ice yeah and it was just stunningly beautiful but it was also really sad to see because at each point as we're going through the fjord the captain's like oh this year this was as far as we could get yeah and like last year this was as far as we could get and the year before that this was as far as we could get yeah. and to see like the difference year to year and how far the ship has been able to progress through this fjord and how much of it has been melting every year right? it was Yikes. just crazy to think about that like that much ice could just not be there anymore yeah they use they lose almost half a mile a year yeah and it's retreated 10.5 miles is how much of that glacier is lost yeah the one that we saw was columbia glacier and that covers 400 square miles yeah the the pamphlet on columbia glacier says the columbia glacier was the last of alaska's tidewater glaciers to go into a retreat the retreat began in 1978, and by 1983, it had moved off its terminal moraine, losing an increasing amount of ice. In 2016, it had retreated for a distance of 13 miles, leaving approximately six miles to go before reaching bedrock on shore. Crazy. That's insane. But, I don't know, I feel like we were really lucky to be able to go there and to see it and experience it while it was still there, so. Yeah. They actually also, do you remember they fished part of the glacier out of the water? Oh, yeah, so, so we, could we, could, hold we it? could touch it. And it was such, like, a weird random thing that they did, but it was really cool. Yeah, they had, like, this little basket that they threw over overboard and pulled up a piece of glacier for everyone to like pass around and hold it was very cool yeah we touched a glacier overall it was just such an incredible experience we're so glad that we did it we're so glad that our plans changed and like absolutely definitely one of the highlights of the alaska trip for everybody yeah we loved it and we finally like pulled back into port and we were like oh all right okay so once we got back on to land we were starving because We'd had a bagel. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty <laughs> hungry by the time we got like back. Six hours ago. So we stopped at the restaurant right at the end of the pier there. Um, at that time, it was called Roma. I think now it's called the Wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. We were trying to look it up. So that was good. And then we went back to our Airbnb for the night. On the way home, though, we were driving along and we saw 
either a caribou or a moose. I think it's caribou. And so we're trying to take pictures of it. And it's the first time we've gotten like a chance to get decent pictures. So it's running away from us and we're trying to stop it before it gets in the trees. And Josh lets out this wild, what he called his wild moose call. Would you care to demonstrate? I don't remember exactly what I did, but knowing me, it was something along the lines of... <laughs> and somehow that actually worked. And the, I think it was caribou, stopped, turned around, looked at us, and stood there for a good five, ten seconds while we took pictures of it, and then turned around and left. Yeah, it was <laughs> completely wild. I can't believe that happened. That was definitely like a, wait a minute. Josh can communicate with wild animals. Right. Confirmed. I'm Dr. Doolittle. Apparently. Yeah. A hilarious end to a really incredible day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Snakes were made. I would say if you want to get... High quality pictures of, of wildlife bring cameras that have a decent zoom function so you don't have to use binoculars. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And also maybe bring snacks. I was going to say, I think my only thing for mistakes were made for assuming that everyone would A, want to go on a helicopter ride and B, would <laughs> want to traipse around an abandoned copper mine in the dark. Yeah, the stairs. that's maybe not for everyone, I guess. I feel like yeah, most so. people would. Well, <laughs> Except maybe know, a miner. It's not for everyone. <laughs> Overall, oh, no. an excellent day. Yeah. We really enjoyed it. Highly recommend. Do we want to say the name of the um, it's, uh, company again? Oh, yeah. So, again, we're going to plug this. We're not sponsored by them. We just loved it so much. Um, We'd love to be sponsored by them, right? Sponsor us, Stan Stevens. <laughs> yeah, so Stan Stevens Glacier and Wildlife Cruises. Amazing. Can't recommend it enough. If you are in Valdez, book them. It's worth it. It's amazing. Yeah, we had a great time. Great time. Yeah. For next week, join us. We'll be going on a brand new adventure. And until next time, enjoy your ride in the getaway car. Bye! There it is!